Welcome to our 64th episode of Two Tankers and a Cat. We are your host. I'm Charlie. And this is Russell. Russell, we've gotten a few messages about our episode uh, on the Chinese versus uh, Indian tanks. And most people agreed with us. Yeah. You know, some of our viewers said, this person's at fault or you should be blaming this person. We we don't blame anybody. Yeah. We just report as accurately as we can of what the history is showing. Yeah, sure. Yes, we are. Let's do our shout outs and our messages at the end of the show. Okay. Do you want to start the show with a joke first? Might as well. Okay. Since it went over so well the last go around. No, people threw <laughs> stuff at me. All right, Russell. Why isn't a koala bear classified as a bear? Ooh, I have no idea on that one. Because it doesn't meet the qualifications. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. But, oh, oh woo. So, somewhere out there, somebody's throwing rocks at their uh, thing. I smell the pig glot across the alley here. <laughs> yeah, that was a stinker. Stinks. <laughs> uh, but to get back on track, um, yeah. but um, we've also gotten some messages. It's about the recent um, missile and drone attacks that is happening between the United States and Iran and stuff like that. Yeah. Again, we being from the United States, um, are going to to do are going to do our very best to not be biased and and report this as accurately uh, as we can. Yeah. Because um, we do have quite a few viewers in Iran. Sure. And even though the governments have problems, uh, the Iranian students that we've met at PSU mm-hmm. and and other events have always been kind, wonderful, inviting. Uh, we I feel. People don't have problems with people once they get together, share a meal, and sit down and talk. Yeah. Governments do, sure. and corporations yeah. do. Sure. It, it's all about money and, and this and that. You know, I think uh, a lot of our European uh, friends and listeners are like, well, you know, if it's, you know, if your country has oil, watch out because America's oh, bringing freedom. <laughs> we'll freedom the crap out of you. <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, all politics aside, I've never had a problem with the Iranian people. So we are going to talk about the Iranian tanks today. Uh, Iran is kind of an unusual subject. They are very secretive about their tanks, and there's a very, very little uh, on their tanks and stuff like that. Uh, it's almost like when I'm trying to get uh, information on North Korean military yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I've been researching the Iran since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Jim, Believe it or not, when Jimmy Carter was president, <laughs> believe it or not, because that's when they had the embassy and the Shaw and all, yeah. all that stuff. Iran has a wonderful history. It's got some rough spots, but if you ever get a chance, you should read up on Iranian history. I mean, the people are just awesome. So we're going to talk about their tanks. Uh, the first tank. Oh, wait a minute. Can we bring up one message real quick? Ladies and gentlemen, we got a... Uh, email from uh, a new listener named Nick Westcott, and he's out of, uh, I think, South Africa, isn't he? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh. I don't know where you got South uh, Africa. Uh, oh, because he, <laughs> he's interested in yeah, the African yeah, theater. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, he's saying, listen, love your show, but you guys keep saying Luftwaffe, and he goes, that's not how you say it. It's actually Luftwaffe. How do you say it fast? Lufafwa. Okay. Something the like Luf-wa. that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, instead of me saying wa, it's actually a V. Yeah. Lufafwa. Lufafwa. Yeah. Lufafwa. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks to Nick, we are uh, uh, going to try to prove our oh, German yeah. again. I'm telling you, by the, by the time we end the show... 20, 30 years down the road, I'm telling you, yeah. we'll be fluent German speakers. When we finally do the last tank, <laughs> the last tank that we. It's fun though. We're learning something new just like you guys are. So 
It's fun. Uh, I think next episode I'm going to do it on the Comet Tank, mm-hmm. but I got I haven't contacted Craig Moore yet. No. I'm going to have to ask Craig. Now listen, I'm about to badmouth the Comet a lot. <laughs> I mean a lot. I'm going to badmouth this tank, <laughs> so I better Let's have see. my facts straight because people will be throwing rocks at me. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead and try to pronounce the two tanks that we're talking about, the first. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about the Iranian main battle tanks, the Zulfikar three, and the Karar. Okay. I didn't roll my R's there like I probably should have. Yeah. Karar. Karar. And, Something like that. And yeah. Ufkwar. Ufkwar. Zulfikar. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have uh, killed uh, another beautiful language. You know, Arabic is such a beautiful language, and we killed it. But uh, uh, like I said, people are aware of the tensions between the United States and Iran, and uh, we're all aware of the major tank battles that happened in Desert Storm. So we don't really need to cover current uh, tank forces in the United States. Um, let's face it, all our listeners have pre- pretty much researched yeah. Um, the United States military. Many of our listeners are uninformed about the Iranian tank forces. And before you start laughing and saying they're junk, you might want to listen to this episode. You got to realize, man, they've got some money to spend on their uh, military uh, equipment uh, over there. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get into it. Now, before we start, there's always a disclaimer. Uh, Russell and I never wish for war or a loss of life. In fact, uh, Russell and I have spent our lives being peacekeepers and saving lives. But we will try to stay on track and give you a little insight on Iranian tanks and what would happen if tank forces clashed with allied forces. Russ, let's start off with uh, what Iran has now. And on our second point, we'll talk about what they're going to be having soon or what they have now or that's in development. But uh, go ahead, Russell. The Zulfikar, or Zulfikar, is nowadays Iran's main battle tank and logically attracted all the attention of the world defense experts due to Iran's status on the international scene. The Zulfikar, or Zulfikar, is still quite a mysterious tank, even difficult to class under the second or third generation, and which apparently was under the making right after the Iran-Iraq war. Now on its third evolution. Now that was a bloody war. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to read some of the books on that Iran-Iraq war, that 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 was miserable. Man. That was yeah. That's one Incredible. war I would have stayed way away from. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but go ahead. This main battle tank was named after the legendary sword of Ali, the first Shiite Imam, Brigadier General Miryun's Mazum Zadeh is often cited as the genitor of this tank as deputy ground force commander for research and self-sufficiency of the armed forces in the early 1980s. Tank battles occurred in the Iran-Iraq war, giving the opportunity for the post-revolutionary Iranian armored divisions to test their mettle against a wide array of Iraqi tanks, which were mostly Soviet-built or Chinese-built models, with both Western models from before the 1979 revolution, which were mostly American and British, and from the Soviet Union after this date. When we're talking about the uh, Iranian tanks, when the Shah of Iran was in control, Iran and the United States had a very close military relationship, being as they were very close to the former Soviet Union at that time. So we were selling them uh, patent tanks, uh, M60s, uh, aircraft, helicopters. So they had tons of, of American military hardware. But after the Shaw uh, was deposed and uh, they had their change of government, the military stuff we were selling them stopped. So they were stuck with all this and they started scrambling, buying from the Soviet Union and uh, the China or Chinese tanks, which they have a bunch of the uh, Type 59s, and uh, the Iranians changed some stuff on the their Chinese Type 59s, and they call that tank the TM. Yeah. If you want to know more about that, 
we suggest just look up the Type 59 yes. tank. Yeah. We, me and Russ have seen it. We're like, oh, yeah. well, okay. You know, nothing I could fit into. Oh, man. <laughs> it was a little bitty. Yeah. Compared to, you know, some of the other tanks yeah. we've seen. We'd have to eat a lot more rice to be able to probably fit into them. But. But, I, I'd have, I could eat, I, I mean, let's face it, I, I need to lose weight. Um, rice would be a very good thing yes, for me to eat. Current main battle tanks involved in these actions were the Chieftain, the M47, the M60, the T54-55, and the Type 59, which is now modernized under the T-72Z program. The T-62 and 69 were also used. After the war, the T-72S, partly locally built, were acquired in 1993 from all array of foreign technologies, the self-sufficiency of the armed forces was able to test and choose the best technologies for the first true 100% local tank design, which also integrates the whole Iran-Iraq war experience into effect. So basically what we're saying is they've had, they have all the, these Chinese Type 59s, they got the T-62s, T-69s, T-72s, uh, T-54s, T-55s, but they have like the chieftains from yeah. the uh, Brits and the T-47 and the M-60. Yeah. So they get all these tanks and they take them to their laboratories and they start finding out what works great and what breaks down. So basically, the Iranians engineers are taking the best of each tank and they're going to build one into their sure. own. Sure. Yeah. High five them on that. That's hey, a pretty like smart said, idea. Like I said earlier, they've got the money to yep. acquire these tanks, so why not do it? You know, and my famous saying is you work with what you yeah. got. Sure. And if you got all that stuff there, might as well use it. Most experts agree that the 1993 which was the first series, was a second-generation main battle tank. Lieutenant General Mohammad Risa Ashtiani announced in 1997 that the mass production of Zulfikar tanks started in 1996 was in progress, and in late July 1997, Iranian President Hashimi Rafajani formally inaugurated the Shahid Kola Dus industrial complex in charge of Zulfikar and Baral APC. In between, the second version was developed as a test bed in the 2000s, and the third version was officially announced in February of 2013 with a whole array of improvements. So they built this huge complex, this military complex, that was actually going to produce this and the Baral APC, or armored, armored personnel carrier. But they were also making parts for all the tanks that they had. Uh, they were making track parts for the Chieftains, uh, you know, hinges for the T-59s, and, and adding stuff. This is where their main complex for tank production and stuff was built. The first prototype was developed in 1994, and production lines were set up in the summer of 1998 in the industrial complex of the Martyrs. And since 1999 has been in service with the Iranian Armed Forces. The armament is based on the Soviet-built 125mm smoothbore cannon of the T-72S, which was locally produced. The gun is fully stabilized and capable of firing on the move. The fire control system was apparently derived from a Slovenian model and suspension systems and road wheels from the M60. So it had a little American... Oh, yeah. Built in there, too. The official website of the Ministry of Defense states that the T-72 Modern FCS equipment and 125mm ammunition are now produced also in Iran. According to estimates in 2010, about 100 Zulfikars were in service. They have a lot more than that Oh, now. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I know they were trying to make about 800 of them. Okay, so they had a bunch of tanks, uh, like we were saying, from all over. And just started mixing the best of it and came up with their own type of Frankenstein tank. Yeah. And, and I hate to say that because, you know. Well, hey. But it, it's a monster. Sure, <laughs> you sure. Know? There were three types of variants. Tell us a little bit about those, Russ. Yes, the Zulfikar 1. This was the early model. It was based on the M60 chassis 
and parts dating back from before 1979. Modifications are extensive, comprising of a new hull, new turret with composite armor, and the 125mm 2A46 smoothbore cannon from the T-72. It was first revealed in public in 1994, and only six prototypes were completed and field tested in 1997, but no production resulted in this first Iranian main battle tank. Among others, it can be distinguished by its characteristic rear slats exhaust, identical to the M60, the six-ribbed aluminum road wheels per side, the bare turret with the trash can lid, the gun mantlet without canvas covers, and the mount for a coaxial... Light machine gun? Light machine gun. You know what? That's kind of cool to grab the M60. Now, the M60 they had the, mm-hmm. that they had was the ones with the shot trap. You know, later on we found out yeah. by talking to Rob down mm-hmm. in Fort Benning that they had angled the turret instead of the old rounded shot trap. Yeah. So instead of even changing the shot trap, they basically put a T-72 uh, top on it. Yeah. That's genius. Oh, man. But, you know, working with what you yeah, got. that's it. All right, tell us about the second one. The Zulfikar II. Uh, this was the NRM prototype served as a test bed for a new stretched hull with an extra pair of road wheels and moreover a new and more powerful engine. Other possible features include an improved autoloader for the main gun, now the 2A46M from the local Safir 74 main battle tank. It is recognizable for its closer weave engine access doors and exhaust, seven steel unribbed road wheels, a bare turret with the trash can lid, and no gun mantlet covers, just like the Zulfikar 1. Yeah, they moved into the second model or prototype, and now they've perfected how to get to the engine easier. They've improved the wheels and the tractions, and they've put a better motor in it. Okay, tell us about the third one, the actual one they start building. The Zulfikar 3 was the only production main battle tank of the whole series, and it was derived from the Zulfikar II. Although similar in many ways, the turret is modified, smoke mortars were added, the fire control system is considerably upgraded, as well as the chassis, the engine, and the main gun. The 2A46M gun is coupled with a new laser rangefinder, the turret is reinforced, and the drivetrain receives armored skirt protection. About a hundred which was estimated, were built so far. Among others, they have downwards-facing slats, exhaust, and access panels at the rear, new brake light, and a towing pintle, plus internal drive sprockets, new hatches for the tank commander and gunner, and an extra 12.7-millimeter machine gun on the covered mantlet, and an EFCS gunner sight. Wow. So this third prototype, or, or what they're building now, is what U.S. forces would see most likely, or anybody yeah. invading or, or, you know, in a war with them, they would see this third model. Now, I've read, and some of the information that we got is based on 2017, but uh, now they have like over 800 of these things. Wow. Go ahead and give us the uh, stats. You know I'm a stat guy. And the other kicker is, you know, 2017 to 2021... Probably already upgraded a few of these oh, systems absolutely. on this thing, guaranteed. So. You know, yeah, it's just like we were talking sure. about some of the guys with the AMX uh, 13 models. Sure, yeah. They've upgraded them, mm-hmm. upgraded them. Yeah. You know they've upgraded this, especially oh, with yeah. laser sights oh, and optics. Man. Yeah. So give us the stats, Russell. All right. Yeah, the uh, Zulfikar was produced between 1996 to present. And there was 150 of the Zulfikar 1s produced in 2012. The Zulfikar 2 never made it past the prototype era. And there's been about 150 Zulfikar 3 tanks built. Now, that's kind of old information. Yeah. We know now yeah. um, that there's over 800 of these built. But uh, the, the basic stats, what we're saying is it's very hard to get information yeah. on, the, on these tanks. Yeah. Don't get us wrong. No. We would we would yeah, love to yeah, go to Iran yeah. and meet sure, the people sure. and look at their tanks, but I don't know if uh, their military would be yeah. happy with us. I don't know if I want to take that 
chance. Unless we got invited, <laughs> you know. As the president said, you guys are so terrible. I'll let Charlie be my bait. <laughs> I would go. I would go in a heartbeat. You know, yeah. it's a beautiful country. It, yeah. You know, if you look at the architecture that they have and just the beautiful landscapes. Yeah. I mean, if you're an artist, you could sit there and paint forever. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. I interrupted the stats. And the following stats go for the Zulfikar 3 variant. Uh, it weighs about 52 tons. That's a big old mama. Oh, it is. It's got a length of 9.20 meters or 30 foot 2 inches. Wow. It's about 3.6 meters wide or 11 foot 10 inches wide. And a height of about 2.5 meters or 8 foot 2 inches. Yeah, I hate to yeah. say it, my M3 Lee is still taller. Oh, man, they've shrunk. <laughs> they've definitely shrunk over the years. Yep. It's got a crew of three. The armor consists of a composite armor. Still good armor. Yeah, it is. The main armament is the 125 millimeter smoothbore tank gun. I, I just don't know anything really about the 125. I don't either, yeah. We're, I want to yeah. talk about that later. Go yeah. ahead, I'm sorry. The second armament consists of the 12.7 millimeter and the 7.62 millimeter machine guns. Yeah, that 12.7 millimeter yeah. is kind of a standard on all tanks yeah. now for shooting down aircraft. Aircraft and aircraft guns, yeah. Yep. It has a 12-cylinder diesel engine that puts out about 17.85 horsepower per ton. That's a pretty good Not bad. power weight. Yeah, it is. It's got a six-gear SBAT 1200 automatic transmission. <laughs> okay, if I'm driving a tank, I want an automatic. Oh, man, yeah. And it's got a torsion bar suspension. Okay. Here's a question for you. Okay. It seems like most tanks anymore, even the more modern ones, are sticking with torsion bar. Is there not anything more modern out there or any kind of automated I, type suspension that I think that's on the drawing board? I think it'd be interesting to look into. They look at the history. Yeah. And you're talking about 55 tons. Yeah. And if you're using a torsion bar, it helps not counterweight, but spread the weight yeah. out to each wheel. Oh, I see. So instead I just of putting, can't believe there's not any kind of hydraulic, but then again, you got to worry about hydraulic fluids and, fluids and, and hoses and, and everything else. That. And yeah, so this is probably the simpler to. Especially if you're over like in desert, yeah. rocky. Yeah terrain mm. where you know you're going to be running over rocks and stuff yeah. like that you, it would probably damage a oh, lot yeah. of hoses oh, and stuff would. like that yeah. the operational range is about 450 kilometers or 280 miles okay has a maximum speed of about 70 kilometers per hour or 43 miles per hour okay so it's quick yeah wow good stuff for us but like i said i'm more interested in this 125 millimeter smoothbore you know, we've studied the Abrams, you know, guns yeah, and yeah. the Leopards and, you know, the other mm -hmm. uh, tanks. Tell me more about this gun. The tank is armed with a 125 millimeter smoothbore gun, which is classified as the 2A46, derived from that of the T-72, which is fitted with a fume extractor. Its secondary armament consists of the 7.62 millimeter coaxial and a 12.7 millimeter machine gun. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that. For the Zulfikar slash T-72 fleet, the ammunition group of the Iranian Defense Industries Organization mass produces a standard high explosive 23 kilogram or 51 pound propellant charge, which fires the 3 kilogram warhead at a muzzle velocity of about 850 meters per second or 2,800 feet per second. Just hearing about it and, and knowing... About HE rounds and, um, you know, kind of where its velocity is and mm -hmm. everything. And coming off a T-72, I think they could do better. Yeah. There's better guns out there. Yeah. That's where you want to But like we're saying, the last technology that we know of on these tanks are 2017 stats. So, and, and, and they may have already upgunned the sucker by now. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it's... Yeah. I'm just not real happy yeah, about the gun. I know. Now, all, all the engineering and the and the engine and, and improvements and stuff, I'm all, I just don't like that gun. I know. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. I think they could do better. Yeah. You know, at least 
the T fifty five had a real or T fifty four T fifty five had a good gun, and they may have held on to this particular gun for so long because they did produce their own ammunition for it. Yeah, and you're right. They had their own lines running to produce, and, and that. it's probably easier for yeah. them to produce this mm-hmm. and use HE rounds yeah. and like. Are you rain depleted? Tungsten tungsten. pellet stuff. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, there's so much stuff out there. Russ is, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you brought up ammunition because that's, that's coming probably in the next couple episodes. I'm, I want to do some research and get that up and off the ground and do a episode on tank ammunition throughout the years. Do the very first tank ammo. Yeah. Start there and and, then then go up to, yeah what we got yeah. today sure okay because there's I, a lot out there <laughs> absolutely i mean tons and the information yeah. is out just yeah. tons but we're going to do an episode on just ammunition yeah. for tanks okay i've always followed the iranian army forces and i remember back in uh 1997 that the Iranian army started making parts for their old tanks and armored vehicles, stating that uh, the repair they were going to repair 500 of their tanks and armored vehicles. And those were completely recycled back into the army. Uh, a lot of those had broke down, were sitting in front of depots or boneyards and stuff like that. And so we're looking at... 800 of these uh, Zephkor tanks and an additional 500 of their old stuff that had been broke down. So how many tanks do they have confirmed with what information that we have now? From the information that we actually have right now, um, they've got approximately about 100 Chieftain tanks, about 200 of the M60A1s and about 973 of the T72s. So, like we were saying back in 1997, uh, they start building parts for these and, and repairing these tanks to get them up. Yeah. And we talked about the TM uh, tank, yeah. the T59s, they have, have quite a few of them. So, with all these tanks, and those Iranian forces uh, that are, you know, old, yeah. but were brought up. Uh, Russell, these against our eighteen warthogs and drones, and other long strike, long range strike capabilities, they have, they have had to seen what happened to the Iraqi tank forces. Uh, you know. They're not stupid. Yeah. They, the whole world looked at what we did to old M60s and old tanks and T72s and and Type 59s, what happened in Desert Storm and stuff like that. I guess that brings us to our second point. What is coming down the line for Iran's new top main battle tanks? The Karar which is Stryker in English, is a main battle tank fully developed and designed by the Iranian defense industry. This tank was unveiled for the first time to the public in August of 2016. Video footage from Iranian television was published on YouTube showing the Karar main battle tank during trials in the desert. In March 2017, the Iranian defense minister, Brigadier General Hossein Dehan, inaugurated the production line of the new homemade Karar main battle tank at the Bani Hashem Armor Industrial Complex in Darud County, Loristan. According to military experts, the Karar main battle tank is based on the chassis of the Soviet-made T-72, but fitted with a new turret. The design of the tank seems to be very similar to the Russian-made T-90MS main battle tank. According to retired Major General Vladimir Bokotrov, the Karar is a copy of the Russian-made T-90MS, the most advanced modification of the T-90 family, but it uses some features of American M1 Abrams and British Challenger II. Russian military experts suggested that in terms of certain military capabilities, the Karar is unlikely to match the Russian T-90. But see, 
and I'm not trying to say anything, a lot of the, and I'm trying to be politically correct, there is a lot of patriotism in the former Soviet Union and in Russia, and there should be. We love Russia. We want to go so bad and see yeah. their tank museums. But whatever they build is the best. And that comes from their old Cold War, Western stuff's crap. We have the best. They have taken, like they said, their T-90 MS tank, which is really good for that climate that Iran, sure. Iran's in. And they have improved it with the modifications from the M1 Abrams the British Challenger 2, which means that they're adding the optics, yeah. the anti-aircraft laser uh, finder. So when this general says, or former expert uh, says, oh, it couldn't match the T-90. But it is the T-90 yeah. that they improved. They copied it. I mean. They copied yeah. it. And then they improved it. Well, tell us a little bit more, Russ. The general layout of the Kar main battle tank is similar to Russian tanks, divided into three compartments, with the driver at the front of the hull, the turret in the center, and the power pack at the rear. In the turret, the gunner sits on the left, and the commander on the right. The Karar is protected with a new armor package with ERA, or explosive reactive armor, at the front of the hull and the turret, which gives protection against chemical energy and kinetic energy projectiles. The roof of the turret is protected with additional armor, and each side is fitted with the spaced composite armor modules. To increase the protection of the tank against rocket-propelled grenade threats, the rear part of the turret and hull are covered by wired caged armor. They know that standard operating procedure is when the tank drives by, they pop out of their hidey hole with an RPG and shoot it, but they have these wire things back there now that will stop it. So that's an advance. They've actually armored the top because you know how we would fire artillery yeah. blast above oh, yeah. this tank or mortar rounds because mm -hmm. the top of the tank armor is usually the weakest. Yeah. They know that and they've reinforced it with a reactive spaced armor. That's good stuff. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Pretty much top of the line right now. Tell us more. Standard equipment of the Karar main battle tank includes an MBC protection system, a night vision equipment for all three crew members. Oh, when we say MBC, people are like, you mean like the television <laughs> network? No, it means nuclear, biological, and chemical protections. Yeah. This tank would be fine. That'd be a... In a chemical attack or a biological yeah. attack or a nearby... It'd be good to talk about that in a future episode, too. Yeah, we, we really yeah. do. The Karar main battle tank also has the electro-optical fire control system, a laser range finder, and a ballistic computer. The crew members have digital control panels and a new battlefield management system to enhance the combat effectiveness by integrating digital battle maps and situational awareness, communications, and sensor systems. That sounds a lot like the British Ch oh, Challenger. Oh, man. I mean, there's some Abrams stuff in there, yeah. but that sounds a lot like the Challenger. Wow. So far, I'm pretty yeah. impressed with this tank. Yeah. The Karar is equipped with a new independent sight for the tank commander. The gunner has a day sight and thermal imaging fire control system that can be used both day and night. A camera is mounted to the left of the driver's position. On the top rear of the turret, there's also a meteorological mast, including sensors that automatically transmit to the control fire system the data about wind speed and wind direction, air temperature, and atmospheric pressure. The front of the hull is fitted with new LED lights. Okay, that, that sounds like a, a lot like the Abrams. Yeah, it does. Okay, so they figured out what they will need for the next new main battle tank that will need to last them for the next 20 years. You know, they're like, oh, well, it's a T-90. Yeah, but it's a T-90 with the Challenger 2 yeah. and, and Abrams stuff or yeah, copies. yeah shoved into it. At no point have I ever seen anybody say, oh, the T-90 is a junk tank. Right. It's got a great frame, especially yeah. when you put reactive armor on it. So this thing can take chemical, biological, nuclear. It's got lasers and air temperature controls and battle computers. I'm pretty impressed. I know. Okay. So like we said, 
they figured out what they need. But give me the stats on this thing. That's what I want to know. It has been produced between about 2017 to today, and there's been approximately 420 that they know about that's been built so far. Probably a lot more. Oh, yeah. Probably well over the 800 of the, you know. Oh, yeah. The last one they built. And they're still building. Sure. It has a weight of about 51 tons, a length including the hull of about 6.8 meters, a width of 3.5 meters, and a height of 2.3 meters. It has a crew of three, including the gunner, the commander, and the driver. The armor consists of the composite armor with the ERA, possibly relicked ERA copy for the turret. Okay, so they basically copied one yeah. of the best turret armors out sure. there. Yeah. That has that roof armor that we were talking about. And it comes back yeah. to them having the money. To spend on that. To spend on this stuff. Yeah. If somebody's going to give that information up for the right amount, I'll guarantee you. Now, they didn't put the same gun on it, did nah. they? Well, wait a minute. Well, well, they might have. The main armament is the 125mm 2A46M slash M-2 slash M-5 smoothbore gun with a stabilizer. So they're still using the 125mm smoothbore but they put a stabilizer on it, you know, yeah, like we have on our yeah, tanks sure. that, you know, uh-huh. stay yeah. straight. So they can actually shoot on the move, yeah. The secondary armament is still the 12.7 millimeter machine gun and the 7.62 millimeter machine gun. You know, that's standard for about it any is. new tank. Yeah. So what kind of engine does this thing have? Is it's it another still, petrol? Yeah, it still uses a diesel engine. Nice. Uh, uses the torsion bar suspension. Has an operational range of about 550 kilometers. And well, that was a heck of a lot better than any yeah, of their other tanks. I know. And a maximum, maximum speed of about 70 kilometers per hour. That's still moving. It is. Especially in a diesel. Oh, yeah. 50 ton tank. Yeah. Okay. You know, I like to hear about the guns. Go over this version of their 125. They've got to have a better gun for this. The Karar main battle tank is fitted with a new welded turret, which is armed with the 125mm smoothbore gun, fitted with a fume extractor and a thermal sleeve. The cannon can fire all standard ammunition, such as the armor-piercing, fin-stabilized discarding sabot, the high-explosive anti-tank round, and a high-explosive fragmentation round, and also the anti-tank guided missiles. So, instead of just shooting HE, this thing can shoot sabot rounds, heat, and uh, fragmentation, and also pop out some guided mi- missiles on the yeah, sides. Yeah, Wow. Go ahead. At the base of the gun barrel is mounted a polygonal metal sleeve, which has a series of small openings for air cooling of the barrel. This system could provide better stabilization of the main gun during firing on the move. The turret is equipped with a carousel automatic loader mounted on the turret floor and also on the rear wall of the turret. The second armament of the Karar includes a remotely operated weapon station armed with a 7.62 millimeter machine gun mounted at the rear of the commander's hatch. It includes a day and night sight, a thermal imager, and a laser rangefinder. And there are also two banks of three smoke grenade dischargers on each side of the top of the turret. Okay. You know, remote controlled, you know, camera operated laser uh, machine gun, Mm -hmm. uh, anti-aircraft capability, anti-tank missile capability, and can fire Sabo rounds. Yeah. Okay. I have to admit, I would like to have one. Yeah. So if one of our listeners could arrange for us to fly to Tehran and pick one up for the Bovington Tank Museum uh, and fly us back to the UK... uh, you can just drop us off at the airport with it. Sure. We'll, we'll drive the tank Heck yeah. to Bovington. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. Man, the British oh. police and oh, armed wow. forces would shoot us. To Holy be- cow. But wouldn't it be great if we just pulled up? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the guys who were sitting there looking at us at Bovington, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, well, we're friends with Craig Moore, and he said, bring me a tank. <laughs> We would be in handcuffs oh, so quick. Oh, man. 
but we would love to yeah, go to Iran and sure. meet the people and yeah. uh, just see the beauty of the country. Yeah. And, you know, if we could roll around on tanks, that would be awesome too. <laughs> you never know. We might get a chance. Uh, yeah. yeah. There are plans to procure up to 800 Karar main battle tanks and may already be in service. But Iran is very tight-lipped about their military, so finding the exact numbers is very hard. Wow. So I feel even with the, you know, 800 Karar main battle tanks and, you know, thousands of older tanks behind them, I am still reminded that after the Desert Storm conflict, Iraq had lost 3,700 tanks out of their 4,000, I think they had like 4,200 or 4,280 in their inventory. These are up and running tanks. Yeah. And they lost 3,700 like that. Man. Um, Incredible. That's why I hope uh, both sides can reach peace and understanding. And Iran just decides to open a big old huge tank museum that we can check out oh, sometime. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, I hope yeah. everything ends peacefully. I know. Because like we've always said, tanks are awesome. Oh, we wow. love tanks. Yeah. The fact that they're used to hurt people, uh, not so much. No. It's kind of like when we go to the range and go gun shooting. You know, we've been to hundreds of, you know, uh, range practice, uh, you know, when we yeah. were in law enforcement yeah. or you're in law enforcement, I'm retired now. But we'd sit out at that range and shoot all day and have a blast. Sure. And never hurt anybody but yeah. ourselves, yeah. you know. Yep. <laughs> How many times have I closed a, a slide on a, oh, you know, a Glock and man. caught my finger and mm. end up ripping off my flesh? <laughs> uh, you guys that aren't familiar with handguns, uh, if you put your thumb behind a slide uh, when it fires, you're going to have not a very good outcome. Yeah, you're going to break your thumb. Or if your hands too, the webbing of your thumb and your finger gets too high, yeah. it, it'll pinch it. It'll get your attention. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're loading up and you accidentally drop <sighs> the slide on your finger. Now, one time we were at a practice, and uh, I can't say his name, but he was a sergeant of ours, and he discharged up in the air and shot that electrical line yeah. in half. Yeah, he did. We're not kidding. This is not on purpose either. Nope. (laughs) He's standing underneath an electrical power line and he's got his gun up in the air and he pulls the trigger and shoots this electrical. And we're both, how do these guys become sergeants? I'm sitting there shaking my head. I know. know. We have a ton of stories. Oh, wow. Okay. I got one more joke. That's for our other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I got one more joke, but I got to be careful. So if you have kids, cover their ears, or if your wife's in there, kind of push her out. Uh, Okay, Russ, what does a gynecologist and a new puppy have in common? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. What does a nearsighted, nearsighted gynecologist and a puppy have in common? I don't know. They both have a wet nose. Oh, oh man! Oh, oh. Ooh, uh, maybe we should edit that out. I don't oh, know. I don't know. Man. And yeah, in our new little corner here, want to talk about some current news on what's happening today with tanks? What's happening today with tanks? Yeah. We're, we're thinking about making this a feature where we just get the news of tanks for that week. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Just something current in the news, yeah. I don't know how you improve on the Abrams, uh, but they have. Uh, they're actually testing a new active protection system for, like, the Abrams and the Bradley and the Stryker. Basically, they've got this from the Israelis. Uh, it's kind of like uh, an off-the-shelf uh, Israeli anti-tank missile uh, system. And they're trying on the M1's Abrams because the Israelis have been using this and it's been working really well. Wow. So, again, here's the United States going, wow. Yeah. This is actually a great idea to make sure the Abrams is okay for the next 20 years. Yeah. And they grabbed the Israeli 
uh, missile defense yeah. for their their tanks. Sure, sure. So we've snagged it. So that's kind of yeah. amazing. And the article says that they're going to be testing this new system between now and about 2023 to kind of get some ideas on whether they want to implement that system on the new vehicles, on their vehicles. And if they find out this works, yeah, uh, oh, wow. they'll shove it on sure. everything pretty quick. The Bradley vehicle, yeah. that thing still hurts my head. Oh, man. So that's something that we're thinking about starting is our new, at the end of the show, to keep everybody listening to the end, yeah. is our little episode of what's happen- yeah. happening in the world. Tanks and, in the news, yeah. Yeah, tanks that going on new stuff. Yeah, yeah. We got a message from Tony Rouse yeah. down there in New Zealand. Yeah. And, I hope uh, he's doing all right. I heard they had a big earthquake. Really? In the last couple of days, 8.1 on the Richter scale. So, Tony, if you're still with us down there, bud. Give us a holler. Send us another message. Holler, yep. Yeah, man. Well, it could have been that his wife was beating him with a rolling pin that or something. That very well could have been. That could, have, set, could have caused the whole yeah, earthquake. <laughs> could have set the earthquake off right there. You know, she's going to fly over here and punch <laughs> me right in the face one day. <laughs> of course, we had to give mad shout outs to... Uh, uh, Craig Moore for yeah. all his help. Oh yeah, That's and Craig's huge. only request, he's like, you know, if you tell me before you do an episode, yeah, I so I'm gonna have to tell yeah. him, oh, yeah, we're gonna do start a- doing a little bit better planning on, yeah, mapping out our future episodes and what we're talking about. Yeah, we're gonna have to give Craig's a heads up. Well, there's the mascot. Well, it's lightning the kitty. Well, and getting into all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, what about our uh, other shout-outs? Do we have any more messages or anything like well, that? Also, I've been seeing on Facebook, I don't know if you've been seeing it, but old Francis Pullman's about ready to release a new book. On really? On T-34. Nice. So we'll have to give that a huge shout-out and I will, see if he'll send us a copy. And, and we'll do a review. Yeah, of it. a review on the thing. Uh, Francis, if you hear this well, before yeah. we send you a message, man, we, yeah. we're interested in your book. and well, we Congratulations love on... Yeah, you and your co-author getting that thing released. That's nice. Um, if you guys don't know who Francis Pullman is, uh, let's just say he is the expert on the T-34 oh, tank. Oh, man. Yeah. He's the guy we should have ex- went to yeah. and said, hey. Yeah. I'm excited to read his book. That's one of my favorite tanks. Uh, but T-34, here's how, yeah. here's how cool Francis is. Uh, and I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. He found out my daughter was in London. He goes, hey, next time she's over, we have that T-34 tank. I'll be more than happy to open it up and let her get inside and everything. And I'm like, how cool is that? I know. Somebody you don't even know, and he's got his own book. He does all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. And and to do that, what a cool guy. Of course, we would do the same. I think he's a big collector of the gas masks. Yeah, and uh, uh, Soviet uh, World War II uh, yeah. uniforms, and yeah. he's a reenactor. Yep. So th- that's actually very, very oh, cool. Oh, it is. Every time I... Lightning, that's not really the part I want to see of you right now, but okay. Uh, uh, what, lightning only has uh, one eye? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, She's walking uh, away from me. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Um, Patreon, <laughs> and then we'll get out of here, folks. All righty. If, if lightning will let us. <laughs> She don't step on the keyboard and crash the computer here. Oh, not again. Yeah, I'm sure your sense already all over the microphone. Yeah, I want to shout out to our Patreon patrons. Huge thanks to Jake Azaki. Yep, very cool of you. Still with us. And Kim and Eric Shear. Very cool. Still with us. Ooh, uh, Riley, uh, VB, and of course, Razbaz, 18. Yep, yep. Very cool of you, brother. Still got Antonio Bernarda. Thank you, bud. The Slam Jammington. Alejandro Martinez. ODS the Iran. And Rick Schmidt. Love Rick. Hey, man. Um, if you're thinking about joining our Patreon, please do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Russell's got to buy, what, three new uh, headsets? Yeah, headset microphones. For, for our mobile. It's, uh, it's getting exciting, man. It's getting closer and closer to taking the show partially on the road and doing some interviews. Uh, I, I think and, the first thing we're going to do is go down to Oklahoma and do yeah, that submarine yeah. and do a live thing yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but a Mom, ton of stuff coming yeah, up. There is. The summer is yeah. going to be great. Hopefully. Got hopefully. a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. 
Still got to make it through tornado season. Remember, we're here in Kansas. Yeah, so. and uh, those who don't believe uh, it, we actually do go out and chase tornadoes uh, here in Kansas. Oh, man. That's so, one of my other big hobbies. So, yeah, you know, if we catch a tornado this year and, and we can get some good video, let's mm-hmm. put it on the two tankers in a cat. Yeah, probably do that. Yeah. I, I want Craig Moore to actually send us another note. Yeah, you guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Most people run away from the tornadoes well. and we're like, yeehaw, let's go chase that thing down. <laughs> Well, he can probably call us idiots all day long. Oh, Tony even seeing a tornado. Tony sent so. me a message that said, "Hey, did you really break a tooth trying to open a beer bottle?" I'm like, "Uh, no, uh, no, no. Uh, yes, I did. I'm sorry. I was. I used to be able to do it when I was a kid. You know, I, I'd sit there and bite on it yeah. and twist it. Yeah. Well, I." bit on it and huh. apparently i'm older than i thought because it snapped right off didn't work this time nope thank god i had a little painkiller going beforehand oh wow uh, what am i gonna do uh, anyway yep. th- <laughs> we'll we're, we'll talk to you next episode this is charlie and this is russell as always happy tanking and have a great week <laughs>